This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kicking off hour two of the program. That program being Sportsnet today. I'm Logan. He's his um. Cam's over there somewhere. Cal's in the room. We're here. What's up? We're rocking out on a uh, Wednesday edition of the program. Lots to get to on the show today. We've been busy in hour one. More fallout from the Jackets, Flyers, Kings trades from yesterday, including a chat with Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Uh, news from the NHL world of awards. Michael Backlund, a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Congratulations to Michael and his wife, uh, Frida, for all the great work they do in the Calgary community. We'll find out if Bax is a winner of that trophy coming up on June 26th. When the NHL awards take over Nashville's Bridgestone Arena, uh, winner takes home $25,000 in the form of a donation to benefit a charity or charities of their choice, while both runners-up receive a $5,000 donation uh, to a charity of their choice. So uh, great, uh, very well-deserved effort for Michael Backlund, uh, supporter of the ALS Society of Alberta, Kids Cancer Care, Special Olympics Calgary, Lily's Legacy with Parachutes for Pets, the list goes on and on for Backland uh, and his family who do such great work here in the city of Calgary and a very, very well-deserved nod as a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. And we kick off hour two with more Calgary Flames conversation. Uh, we're still waiting on news about a Flames head coach. Uh, it's been really the focus of Craig Conroy ever since he was announced as this team's next general manager taking over for Brad Treliving. It wasn't his decision to move on from Daryl Sutter. Don Maloney, uh, in his turn as the interim GM and the new president of Hockey Ops, overseeing the whole situation in Calgary, going over a GM hire, evaluated the coaching staff, and decided it was time for a change at head coach. And the man to make that hire will be Craig Conroy. We're still waiting on who that could be, but it does sound like we're getting closer to a decision. Two guys very plugged in on the Calgary Flames situation. Uh, Pat Steinberg, obviously a Flames talk here on Sportsnet 960, and Elliot Friedman of 32 Thoughts, Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet uh, have given us a couple of tidbits over the last 24 hours or so when it comes to names to watch when it comes to the Calgary Flames. We'll start with Pat yesterday on a Wednesday edition of Flames Talk, uh, getting into what he's hearing when it comes to the Flames and their coaching search. Of the finalists, the, the three that I believe that uh, there's four or five guys that Elliot Friedman's reported are, are in the mix or that they've got it down to that number, the three guys that I believe are part of that mix are the two internals, Mitch Love and Ryan Huska, and, and Travis Green, formerly of the Canucks, are, are the three that I believe that are in there, but um, there's at least uh, another, if not a couple of others, that are in that mix as well that um, I'm, I'm not, I don't know who they are or, or I'm not as certain on. It would just be speculating on. I'm a little bit more, like I, I do believe that to be true, and I'm pretty confident in that. Um, 
I mean, look, the internal guys we've been talking about since Daryl Sutter was fired. Um, and a couple weeks later when Craig Conroy was installed as general manager, we had a sit down with him and he said, yes, absolutely. Ryan Huska, Kirk Muller, um, and Mitch Love will all be heavily considered for the job. So the, the fact that we're talking about Huska, the fact that we're talking about Love, for instance, not a surprise at all. We've believed them to be front runners from the get go. And if they, Frank told us earlier this hour, it felt like an internal hire from the get-go. I felt like that's been the front runner from the get-go. I felt like that's the best course of action from the get-go. But again, similar to their internal hire at general manager, Steinberg and Vickers, by the way, as this hour of Flames Talk continues, they cast a wide net and they did beyond, I think, their due diligence in making sure that when they went with Craig, who was already right in front of them, that they knew it and they could solidify it and that could bolster his authority a little bit more. And I think the same is true if they go internally as a head coach. They cast a wide net. They talk to a lot of guys. And if they do end up going with Ryan or or Mitch, I think the fact that they did go down such an extensive road as their head coach, I think that really bolsters who, whoever that internal hire could be if that's the way they go. So that was Pat Steinberg on Flamestock yesterday. Reminder, you can get Flamestock and all your favorite Sportsnet 960 shows wherever you get your podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. There's Pat with a couple of names. And look, the internal names remain at the top of this list, no doubt. What Pat said at the end of that clip there, something we talked about last Friday on uh, another edition of Flames Talk, and that's, you know, if you're going internal, it's something that Craig Conroy mentioned during his presser, too, when he was introduced as GM, that you want to feel as though the organization didn't just pick you because you were the easy internal option. That doesn't bolster your confidence. It doesn't make you feel very good that, oh, well, you were just the easy choice, so that's why we hired you. You want to know that the team has gone through and exhausted as many options as they can, and it sure seems like Craig is employing the same strategy that Don employed when he went and did a GM search, and that's cast a wide net, get a a number of different opinions, whether it's veteran people in the position, newer people in the position, guys that are maybe overlooked in, in different aspects of it, and that's kind of what we've seen with this coaching staff, and whether it be Friedman or Saravalli or whoever, you know, they've quickly reminded us that while there have been other names discussed in in at length, I should say, they've always come back to the fact that a Huska, a Love, those are kind of the names that still sit at the forefront of this coaching search. And that's something that Elliot uh, himself sort of reinforced in the latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast, uh, which came out today and is available at sportsnet.ca. He throws in a couple of other names here, which we'll talk about uh, as well. But, you know, a lot of what Pat said there, too, about the guys who are internal still sort of remaining in this conversation as they have been from the beginning. Here's what Elliot had to say on the 32 Thoughts podcast regarding the Flames coaching search. Okay, to the Calgary Flames, is there anything new on the coaching? You mentioned Craig Conroy a couple of seconds ago and doing due diligence and talking to people and talking to players. What about talking to prospective coaches? I don't know this for sure, but here's who I think some of the group is. I think Ryan Huska is still there. I think Mitch Love is still there. 
I think Travis Green is still there. And one other person I've heard there is Todd Reardon. If you'll remember, Jeff, in one of their previous coaching searches, Todd Reardon was a finalist. And when I heard that while I was traveling on uh, the other day, it made sense to me because I think Travis Green got a serious look from them a few years ago too. So what that kind of says to me is that Craig Conroy is going through some of their previous history of coaching interviews and saying, Mm. well, we liked that guy back then. Let's relook at it here. So for the guys who I think are in the mix, I admit I could be wrong, but this is my educated guess, is Huska, Love, Green, and Reardon. And if there's anyone else, I don't know. But I heard Reardon was, was, I, I heard they spoke to Reardon recently, so I just think that that's, that's kind of the potential group they could be picking from, although I freely admit there could be people there I'm not seeing. That is NHL insider Elliot Friedman, latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast. Love, Huska, similar names to Pat, Green, and interestingly enough, Todd Reardon. You may remember Todd Reardon from a two-year stint as the head coach of the Washington Capitals, 2018, uh, 2019, 2019, 2020. Both uh, times making the postseason, both times losing in the first round. First to Carolina in a seven-game series, and then uh, next year they would lose to the New York Islanders. So he would get to the playoffs twice, 48-win season, a 41-win season but never uh, eclipsing that. That's his only head coaching experience. He was fired uh, from the, by the Capitals August 23rd, 2020. A week later, he was hired as an assistant coach by his former team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And as of right now, he holds a spot as the associate coach under Mike Sullivan with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there's your four names for now. And both Friedman and Steinberg, if you listen closely, they're saying, look, there's could be names that we're not privy to or that we're missing out on on this list. But the four names right now, Love, Huska, Green, Reardon. Does that make you happy as a Flames fan? Does that encourage you, discourage you? When it comes to this conversation, again, the fan feedback line always open to you. The text line at 960-960. If those are the four names we think are remaining, leaving open the caveat that there could be more, does that list excite you? Does that list disappoint you? Are you hoping for other names? I think if you're the majority of Flames fans that I've heard from at least, whether it's on the text line or on social media, I would imagine most people are pretty happy because the main guy that we've heard in this conversation, with all due respect to the others, has been Mitch Love. I think there's been a strong push from a lot of observers for the Flames, whether it be fans or people who cover the team, for Mitch Love to be the guy that gets that next opportunity. And his name is still in the conversation. I think it's been in the conversation since day one of this coaching search. And to me, as of today, he still makes the most sense out of this group 
to be this team's next head coach. That's that's my opinion. I I with all due respect to a Travis Green or a Todd Reardon, given the, the choice uh, of those guys as coaching candidates or a chance to go with Mitch Love, who's been a two-time American Hockey League coach of the year and you know him as well as any of the candidates, he would be my choice. I think there's also something to be said in this process. Again, not that dissimilar to Craig Conroy of rewarding internal candidates when the time is right. And if you're Mitch Love, there's not a whole lot else that you can do at the American Hockey League level. We're talking about the same thing with Dustin Wolf in a sense of, okay, you, you eventually only accomplish so much and you need to start taking on the next challenge. Some people will tell you that the jump from an AHL head coach to a first-time NHL head coach is too much for them and they'd rather see somebody like Ryan Huska who spent time as an assistant coach in the NHL, get that opportunity first. But I, I think Mitch Love has shown at every step of the way an ability to lead, an ability to get the best out of his players, the comments that come from anybody in the Wranglers or Stockton Heat organization as of last year, talk about this guy being a tremendous communicator, being a guy that understands the X's and O's of hockey as a former player, but a guy that also you know, has a demanding expectation of his group that – Yes, he's going to communicate and he's going to be open and honest with you, but he has high expectations and expects to get the best out of his players on a night-to-night basis. That, to me, screams all the qualities that you want in a head coach if you're the Calgary Flames. Now, that being said, I'm also okay with exploring other options. Just because Travis Green's on this list and you think, well, Travis Green didn't really last long in Vancouver, that's a nightmare. I don't want that anywhere near the Calgary Flames. Doesn't mean he's going to be the head coach here. Don't don't mistake guys that are on the list or guys that have had conversations as automatically the guy that's going to fit in. You don't have to assume. And I know sometimes as a sports fan, it's easier to just assume the negative all the time. Don't just assume that your worst nightmare or the guy that you would least like to be in that position is the one that's going to get the job. I I, I am more than okay with this organization, A, taking their time. This is a weird situation for the sense of the Calgary Flames. They're in the middle of a coaching search, and they don't really have a whole lot of opposition when it comes to other teams. The Blue Jackets are filling their roster, their head coaching spot with Mike Babcock. You can have fun with that. I wouldn't want any part of that, but go ahead. Nashville went out and brought in Andrew Burnett. The Rangers are the only team left with a coaching vacancy, and they don't seem to have the same list of candidates that you do. So it doesn't appear that you're really competing with guys, you know, between both jobs. You kind of have an open area here if you're the Calgary Flames to be one of the few suitors that can offer somebody a head coaching job. Take your time. Would you like to have a coach in before the draft? Yeah, absolutely. They can have their opinion. They can start getting settled in. Sure, but there's no reason to rush this thing and think that you have to to force it in in a certain time frame. Do I think they're getting closer? 100%. Listen in to what Elliot says. Listen to what Pat says. And it's very easy to see that the list has been, you know, cut down significantly and we're starting to get to guys that only have, you know, serious interest in the GM's eyes. Uh, of being this team's next head coach. 
So again, the names that we're hearing from the likes of Pat and the likes of Elliot, Huska, love remain in the conversation from an internal point of view. And it sure sounds as though Travis Green and former Capitals head coach Todd Reardon perhaps remain as external candidates. Again, both pointing out the fact that there's always and, and can always be names that you're not always sure of that could be on the list. So uh, if the, it's always that, that nice buffer when you're breaking news or you're trying to find those things. If something comes out of nowhere, then we're, we're safe for that, right? Uh, some of your texts at 960-960. Fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today for your comments, your questions, your queries. If you want to ask Cam and Azam their favorite place to get a, a burger, you can do that too. Nina's downtown. Excuse me? My favorite burger place? Yes. Called Nina's. It's downtown right near um the uh the C train stop right next to the dome. Yeah, but the first thing you just said was in downtown. Oh, I didn't draw on the mic in time. Whoops. Nina's downtown. Thanks. Got you. We'll pick this up later. We're gonna we're gonna get into this later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna read some relevant text first. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll and then that. we'll we'll talk about that. Okay. Oh, okay, but thank you. <laughs> Kids these days. Uh this one says nine six zero nine six zero. Um. Last time I saw a head coaching candidate list that underwhelming, it was the Flames GM candidate names list. Uh, this one says, Hi there, the only four reason these four guys are in the running is because they'll not have to pay these guys that much money. Be lucky if any of these guys get a million dollars plus. This text says, Gotta say no to Reardon, ex-Oiler. That's a possible sleeper sell. Gotta be safe about that, that's fair. Uh, this one says, Why is there so much hype on Mitch Love? The AHL isn't the NHL just because he makes good in the A doesn't mean it's a grand good transition to the best league in the world. It's tough, but that's the flames for you. Screw up drafts and coaching picks. That's why I'm a Vegas fan because they go for it every year. Um, well, I think that there's reasonable hype around Mitch Love. I think you're. I think that text undersells the American Hockey League. The American Hockey League is the second best league in the in the world, and that's. Not a, a minor feat to be the the top coach in that league for two years in a row. Like, and this is a guy that's recently jumped into pro hockey. He was a junior hockey head coach before, and to make the jump into pro hockey as smoothly as Mitch Love has, I think warrants the kind of hype that he's getting as a coaching candidate, not just in Calgary, but we know in other parts of the NHL that other NHL teams have considered you know, bringing him on as a coaching candidate in their own organization. That doesn't come, you know, just by luck or because maybe he's a less expensive option as others have have pondered. Would he be because he's a first-time NHL head coach? Sure. That doesn't mean he's not a deserving candidate for it. That's that's not something that I think is is fair to say for it. I think that his his you know, resume does speak for itself in his time in the American Hockey League. Uh, Kelly and Copperfield says to me, it's a no-brainer. You have qualified candidates in the organization. They know the system. They know the team. They know the players. No point in hiring outside. If Conroy gets along with them, then just hire them. They've already got relationships built. It will only benefit the team as there's no major adjustments getting to know everyone. Uh, this one says, a Travis Green hire feels on brand for Brad Living. Get all the ex-Canucks. I hope Conroy goes in a different direction for the Flames. 
maybe Green to replace Love in the AHL uh, from our pal Matt and Cochran. Uh, I've been, I've pondered that one a bit. I, I wonder how much Travis Green is in consideration for an American Hockey League job to take over um, as he looks to sort of transition back into coaching. Uh, again, his stint in Vancouver didn't end well. I don't. I'm not saying he should be taken off of lists purely because the Vancouver stop didn't go well. But it would make more sense to me for Travis Green to pop up back in the coaching world somewhere in the American Hockey League rather than right back to you know his spot in the NHL. That that wouldn't make as much sense to me. Um. This one says, I'm skeptical of a coach who's had the best goal in the league for two years. And look, that's that's 100% fair. I can't I can't argue the point that Mitch Love has had the best coach, had the best goalie, excuse me, in the league for the last two years. But I think you have to look past that in a number of different categories as to how he's handled his forward group, what he's gotten out of his forward group, how he's handled the D. Um, yes, is that a big aspect? Has it been easy for Mitch to just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to plug in Dustin night in, night out, and when he needs a break, I'll, I'll switch it up with Oscar or whoever else in the in the league. Sure, but that's – I don't want to say that's one-third of his job. It's like, it's kind of – it's more than that, right? You're managing players. You're managing personalities. You're also managing teams that constantly are being vultured by their NHL team for roster spots, whether it's performance-based, whether it's injury-based. I think that there's enough there that you can say, sure, the goaltending thing worked in his favor, and that's really not – it's not even a negative to him because what are you going to do? If you've got a great goaltender, of course, you're going to start him every single day. That's just how it goes. I wouldn't blame any coach for doing that in his situation, but I think if that's the case, then you have to focus more on how he handled things with the forward group, how he helped develop guys like Peltier and Phillips and Dewar and those kind of guys who eventually got a shot and I think have a real shot to be legitimate full-time NHLers next year. I think that's where you look at those situations for Mitch Love and start to evaluate his value as a coach. That's what I, I think is is where you have to look at it. Because your points, the Texas point's not wrong about the goalie. But that's also not something Mitch Love can control uh, one way or the other. And uh, before we get out of here, Cam will be happy to know and I know he's already talking about it, uh, that somebody was quite happy with his Nina's reference um, about burgers. So, good for you, Cam. I didn't pay attention to Zom. Not doing anything. Do you have a burger joint, Zom? Do you have a favorite, favorite spot that you want to shout out now since Cam just decided to interrupt my segment with it? Uh, it's not in Alberta anymore. I actually have to go down to... BC to have it, and it's Red Robin. Okay. I love their crispy chicken burger, and you got to get it dipped in buzzard sauce, and also the bottomless fries. You can never go wrong with that. Mm. I appreciate you not interrupting the segment with that, too. Oh, Cam. always. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. What's <laughs> a, a Red really. Robin in Calgary? There was one, and then they closed, and they went to Edmonton. And then they closed that location. It was by Deerfoot Meadows, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. I remember that. Good times. Fun times. Cam, would you like to kick the next segment off with another food category? Or 
Another favorite food category? Oh, man. This is no, tough. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. I know. <laughs> you got your one shout out in. Shout out Nine is downtown, man. Stuffed burgers are the best. You have one person on the text line that agrees with you. I know, and I'm I'm good friends with them now. Really? That's yeah. That's all it took? That's all it took, man. Hmm. You agree with me on a burger joint, we're buddies for life. Usually it's Taylor getting along with people on the text line, not you. I'm not getting offered to get flown out to Toronto, but I'll maybe I'll share a burger with someone. Hmm, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so that's the latest on the Flames coaching search. Uh, make sure you tune in to Flames Talk, keeping up with uh, everything Pat's got going on in the show. He's, of course, uh, all over it from a Flames perspective. And uh, as we get closer to a coaching decision, uh, he'll have the latest for you uh, on Flames Talk, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Or you can listen live on the radios, uh, your radio every afternoon uh, right here on Sportsnet 960. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. I promised you a Stamps report. We've got depth charts, uh, lots to get into, some injury news for the Stampeders, all ahead of their week one matchup against the BC Lions. That is coming up next. Right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we are set to close out the hour here on a Wednesday edition of the program. Thanks for listening. Whole crew is here. We kicked out Alex for the day. Zom's still here. Cam's here. Callum's here. We're hanging out in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. We're our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. As long as you have a cracked foundation, what about a Boeing Foundation wall? They have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. All you got to do is contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Or visit, v, uh, visit dlbasementsystems.com. When I do have my own house of my own, and if I have that, I will go to D. Exactly. You don't want those things, I don't think. Boeing Foundation, I don't want that. Doesn't sound good. Cracked Foundation, you. No, thank you. But if we do have those things, or if you have those things, if you're concerned about your basement in general, is it dark and dreary and you don't like going down there? Fix it. DLBasementSystems.com. Do it now. Do it while you're waiting. Or just wait till the show's over, you're done listening, then you can do it. Uh, like I mentioned, it's Logan Gordon along with you. Azam, Cam, Cal, all hanging out here. Uh, a couple stories to finish off this Wednesday program before we hand things over to Hockey Central 960 with the one and only Haley Salvian. Uh, Lionel Messi is going to Major League Soccer. The major story uh, coming out of the MLS today. He is going to join Inter Miami on Wednesday at some point. 35 years old, or I'll make it official on Wednesday. He's still got a, a month left in his contract with PSG. But he's 35 years old. Seven-time Ballon d'Or winner. This will be his first experience playing senior club football outside of Europe. And it sounds like he's going to strike a massive, massive deal with Inter-Miami, who was last in the Eastern Conference. Apparently getting some help from MLS's top commercial partners helping Messi come to the United States. That would be Adidas and Apple. I was talking to Azam about this in the break. First of all, it sounds as though Messi turned down a contract 
of huge proportions in the Saudi league where Cristiano Ronaldo and Kareem Benzema play. They're both on deals worth $200 million per season or pounds. I should say the pounds, the dollars, Euro, maybe it's Euro. I have to check on that. It's a lot of money. It's more money than I can dream of. Apparently, he was set to demolish that and been offered way more than either Ronaldo or Benzema to go play in the Saudi League. Didn't have any interest in that. So Adidas and Apple worked together with Inter Miami to bring him to MLS. Both companies are offering Messi a portion of revenue generated uh, with their companies. So Apple is going to give him a portion of their revenue generated by new subscribers to the league streaming package on MLS season pass on Apple TV. While Adidas, who he already has a lifetime footwear sponsorship to deal with, will give him a share of increases in company profits pertaining to his transfer to Inter-Miami. His contract also expected to include a purchase uh, his ability to purchase a stake in an MLS club after he's finished playing. David Beckham had a similar clause in his deal with the LA Galaxy. And it is set to be a, another massive soccer star coming to America as, you know, look, a later portion in their career. But the, mon- the, the money that gets thrown around for and a guy that's 35, don't get me wrong. The star power of, of Lionel Messi will never go away. I, I totally understand that. But you're talking like $500 million or euros or pounds or whatever. Someone on the text line will correct it. Turning that down. But is he really turning it down if the, if the money comes through from Adidas and Apple and whatever Inter-Miami gives him on a per-year basis? and the more sponsorships and the, all the other things that he'll be able to do as a member of, of, of Inter-Miami going forward is madness. I, I had to bring it out today because I knew you guys were talking about it before the show, but just a, another really a, a feather in the cap for MLS who is able to bring in a major star uh, to play their first time outside of Europe. And it'll generate some some pretty good interest for a team that's like I mentioned, not very good. By all counts, Inter, Inter-Miami pretty lousy this <laughs> this season. Um, everyone will be excited. and All of a sudden, you're selling out stadiums. You're selling passes for streaming. And that's just sort of another avenue that I think will only continue to expand as sports gets more and more uh, into the streaming side of things. It is dollars, Logan. It is dollars. It there is dollars. Uh, and the Saudi offer was about $400 million. Oh, that's see. great. That's Four hundred, yeah, thirty-five years old, and you're turning down four hundred million. Sure, good for you, less messy. Good for you. Um, so we go from one football to another. Uh, this time the Canadian version. We're getting excited. Seven p.m. Thursday at McMahon Stadium. It's the Stamps and the Lions, and we get our first look. At the regular season depth chart for the Calgary Stampeders, some surprises 
ahead of their regular season and home opener matchup against the BC Lions. Let's dive into those with your Wednesday edition of the Stamps Report. Stampeders going through their final paces ahead of the season opener with the BC Lions, and with a new season comes a new rule. The designated American and Coach Dickinson explained a little bit of what's going on in his mind regarding that rule. Well, I mean, really, it is a little tiny bit confusing for sure. Um, So basically when the CBA came in, they tried to give uh, us coaches a little bit of roster flexibility. So... uh, what I would consider a veteran American that is not a starter can play a certain amount of snaps for a Canadian, uh, and it's 23. And so now you got to figure out how to make sure, that, I guess, if you want to take advantage of it, take advantage of it. If not, because in our situation, we'll probably just play the game. Um, play the guys that you think can execute the calls and not worry about it. But there is that rule in there, and that is part of the reason our, our starting lineup will look a little bit different because we need to have guys that have been here a while not start to, to fit that category. So I'm sure that's added zero clarity. Yeah. It'd so. be nice if the league and the PA, because this is a PA thing. It'd be nice if these guys talk to you guys and hopefully they can uh, explain the reasoning and, all the, and why we're trying to do this. In short, you're allowed 20 Americans on your 46-man roster, four of which are named designated Americans. These four players are allowed to play on special teams or replace an American starter. They cannot be named a starter, so when the Stamps release their depth chart for the game on Thursday, you'll notice that two regular Stampeders starters, running back Kadeem Carey and safety Brandon Dozier, are listed as backups. With that rule, they cannot start the game if named designated Americans. With that in mind, Kadeem Carey, when asked on what's the most effective number of touches he would like to see in a game. This is a different league. We like the bigger field, and let's spread this defense out. So if we can get at least 18 to 20 touches, that would be a great game. Look for Carey to feature early and often against BC. As we saw last year, the Stamps became most effective offensively when they ran the ball with Carey and Peyton Logan. Calgary has arguably one of the best backfields in the CFL. The other two designated Americans on the roster are middle linebacker Silas Stewart and will linebacker Darius Williams. Throughout camp, we have featured certain positional groups in the Stamps report, and for this report, we'll focus on special teams. Our Matty Rose had a one-on-one with special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Mark Killam. Mark is one of the most tenured members of the Stampeders organization, entering his 19th season with the club, 14th as special teams coordinator, and 4th as assistant head coach. Here's Mark with Matt. And, uh, now, you've got options back there, too. That's got to be something that gives you some confidence. Oh, no doubt. I mean, uh, Clark Barnes uh, has exceptional vision. Uh, he, was, he has a great great experience as a kickoff returner. Uh, you know, we've got some other guys on our roster, too, that, uh, that when they get their opportunity, they can do some damage. Now, the special teams unit is one that maybe doesn't get love all the time, but they're just as important as the others. So can you tell me a little bit about Brad Cowan and what he brings to that unit? Yeah, I mean, Brad Cowan was a guy that uh, was kind of on the fringe of the roster, came into training camp last year and was one of the best players on the team during the preseason. And, uh, you know, when guys really try to seize that opportunity, you reward them uh, by giving them more responsibility. and he's really taken hold of everything that we've given him, and uh, we're excited for Brad to continue to progress. There's a lot of kind of unsung guys on there. Like, I think of Charlie Power or Elliot Graham or Charlie Moore. Like, those guys are just as important. Maybe don't get the love. Can you just talk to, like, what that role kind of takes? 
Yeah, I mean, Charlie Power is a war horse. I mean, yeah. the, the last 10 years have been built on built on guys like his backs. And, uh, you know, you've got all these role players who are do the hard jobs that we need them to for the team to be successful. And uh, to be a good special teams player, you have to be full commit. Yep. And all of those guys that you mentioned are and uh, I have nothing but love and respect for you. How excited were you to find out that Renee can kind of run two professions at once yeah. and come back and give you guys another season? Well, I'm not totally shocked. I mean, the guy, yeah. if you were to define him, as this, he's the ultimate professional. So, I mean, uh, it really has not been an issue at all. You know, we, he's super organized with his schedule. Uh, we're still getting the work that we need. Uh, it's not a surprise, but credit full credit to Renee is he in better shape because he's been doing firefighter training you know he looked pretty he looked pretty lean and fit I know that those <laughs> firefighters they work hard hauling right. all that gear yeah. all the time but uh you know he came in in great shape uh we've we, he's had a great camp and uh it's Renee I mean what else can you say you got Cody signed for two years as well that's got to be exciting for you just just see how he can con con continue continue to grow yeah I mean Cody I think Cody Grace is the best punter in the CFL I think uh He's evolved his game every year that he's been here, so he's improved things that he's needed to improve. Uh, he's becoming more of a leader in the locker room, mm -hmm. and uh, you know he backs it up on game day. Associate head coach, Mark Killam, special teams coordinator as well. But what has your role changed maybe with Dave taking on a little bit more as the general manager? Uh, I don't think it really has. You yeah. know, I, I kind of just... Kind of just do my thing, you know, when Dave needs me for scheduling or needs me for uh, to, to run a meeting because he has something else going on, you know, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm ready to do. Mark's such an infectious personality around the team. Look for him in his trademark visor on the stamp sideline on Thursday. One more one-on-one -on -one to bring you uh, from the special teams, and it's the most tenured member of the roster, entering his 12th year with the club, kicker Rene Paredes, who is captain for 2023 and also enters the season with another line of work. Here's my chat with the stamps, number 30. 13th year in the league, uh, 12th year with the Stampeders, second all-time leading scorer with the club. Just speak with your longevity with this team and how it is entering this year. Uh, just another year for me. Uh, you prepare in the offseason, getting ready for another another long season. Uh, you know, just worry about myself, uh, worry about the next kick, and, uh, you know, good things happen. In baseball, they have the pitcher-catcher battery. Now you have your you have the kicker, the holder, and the snapper. Talk about you know your unit with Cody and uh, and Aaron. Oh, they're great, man. They I really really can't do this with without those two guys. Um, they work harder what they uh, what we need to you know make those field goals and and also the rest of the field goal team, right? Uh, you know we got to do it as a as a as a unit of twelve. And um, you know my only job is to kick the ball and um, you know I. Cody and Aaron have done a great job for me for the past two years, and uh, you know my success in the past two years is because of them. Now you got Toshi Sato here in the in the practice squad. He's he's, he's like he's a future name to watch in this league. Yeah. I think. How, what is it like working with him and uh, his chances uh, in the future in the CFL here? Uh, he's been good. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, very accurate, very strong leg. Um, I think you know he. I think he has a future in this league whenever his time comes up. So, um, yeah, so far great kid. Uh, we get along pretty good. Uh, he'll. Know, he'll have a good future captain for 2023 what does that mean for you uh it means a lot i mean it's you know you get voted by your peers yeah. so it means a lot um you know as the oldest guy on the team and uh, <laughs> uh you know i have you know i've been here done that so you know i'm not a, much of a you know 
yeller or you know motivator but you know i lead by example i try to motivate guys on the sideline and stuff like that so um yeah mainly the special teams guys and now you're looking at uh, life beyond football you're starting a career as a firefighter how's that been going balancing football life and your firefighting life uh it's been good you know it's, uh, sometimes we're busy sometimes it's uh normal so uh, i'm supposed to work tomorrow on game day but uh i got the, luckily i got somebody covering for me so um yeah it's been great uh both jobs are great i think i have two of the best jobs in the world so uh, i can't really complain man i'm really really blessed and uh i'm gonna enjoy this year and see what happens what goes into those 24 hour shifts well uh, by 10 o'clock when we're hopefully i'm sleeping so <laughs> i've used, used a lot of um I, I, I see it as a kicker you know you sometimes you wait you wait you never know when you your name's gonna be called yeah. and when it's time to go you you, you know you, you gotta change that mindset so um so far it's great uh loving the job um, I think I made a, the right decision on, on, on that career. Renee pulling double duty this year, kicking and firefighting. Renee, like I mentioned, entering his 13th year in the league, 12th with the red and white, and currently sits second on the Stamps' all-time scoring list, trailing only the great Mark McLaughlin. Taking a look at the depth chart, left guard Zach Williams was placed on the one-game injured list, so it will be Bryce Bell making the start there. Third-round pick Clark Barnes earned one of the starting slotback spots. Over on the defense, Micah Awe earned a starting middle linebacker spot, and halfback Natrell Jamerson is a game-time decision. Zach Williams, Nick Stats, Diedrich Mills, Ryson John, and Caleb Beninock were all listed on the one-game injured list, and a couple of notables on the sixth game are former Blue Bomber Nick Taylor and second-year receiver Jalen Philpott. Game one of the CFL season is here. The Stampeders and Lions go Thursday night at McMahon Stadium at 7 p.m. With your Stamps Report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you to Matty Rose for today's edition of the Stamps Report. Uh, we'll have a live edition with the guys tomorrow as we get set for kickoff at 7 o'clock at McMahon Stadium, Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. And, yes, a couple of very interesting points from that first Stampeders depth chart of the season, uh, including, as Patrick mentioned, Micah Alway, the CFL vet who uh, gets the job and the nod at the uh, middle linebacker spot. That was one we've watched for most of training camp. It was a, a question mark who was going to replace Jameer Thurman. Uh, always going to form that tandem with Cameron Judge, which was so good for the Stampeders last year. Titus Wall at the Sam linebacker spot. Your D-line is going to be a force for the Stampeders. Julian House there. Derek Wigan, Mike Rose, and of course James Vaughters going to get in there. So Stampeders D-line looking to do some damage when it comes to the uh, pass rush. And then, of course, Jake Mayer, for the first time this season, leads the Stampeders out onto the field as their starting quarterback. Tommy Stevens gets the start behind him as the backup quarterback. And uh, should be a good one. The Stampeders season begins tomorrow with the home and season opener. Uh, a couple of guys on the six-game injured list include Nick Taylor, um, Jalen Philpot, Josh Coker, Daniel Amoko. So we got a couple of guys to watch out for there. Rice and John, Diedrich Mills. Nick Stats, Zach Williams among those on the one-game injured list. So Stampeders and the Lions tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Don't miss your live Stamps report here on Sportsnet today uh, with Patrick Dumas. We get you all set for CFL action, of course. Stampeders and the Lions kicking things off. We have a game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, week one of CFL action. It's Hamilton, Winnipeg on Friday, Ottawa, Montreal on Saturday, and then Sunday it all closes out up the road in Edmonton with the Elks hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That'll do it for our show today. Thank you uh, to Aaron Portsline for joining us earlier on in hour one. Thanks to Matt and Pat 
for our Stan Peters report on this Tuesday. Uh, thank you to our outstanding producers, Callum, Azam, and Cam on this Wednesday. Thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. We will be back tomorrow. Same time, same place, right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.